I was gonna say Happy New Year again, even though we already did that. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. We're we're back. It's still a Happy New Year. That's true. Yeah. That's true. We hope your January is going well. Reporting back from the game, we were not happy, but. Oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, it was fine. You know, it was a good game. That's all we can ask for. Sometimes. Yeah. It was fine. It was fine. And yeah, now we're we're as we're recording recording this, we're ten. How, what day is it? We're thirteen days into January. What? <laughs> I thought it was uh, the 10th. <laughs> no, it is the 13th. It is the 13th. It is Saturday, January 13th. Uh, yeah, as we're recording this, I fully thought we we were like 10 days in, but we're like two almost two weeks in to almost the year. Almost two weeks. How do you feel 2024 has been so far? Are you asking me or the people? You. Uh, I mean, fine. Yeah. I haven't really left my house that much. Yeah. But school starts next week, so... Yeah. We're on the brink of a freeze in Texas, so... And everywhere. And everywhere, but, you know, in Texas... When you're listening to this, it will have already happened. Yeah, that's true, actually. Hope you're all okay. Hope we're okay, too. Maybe we're keeping you warm right now. I don't know. I went to H-E-B yesterday, not because I was panic buying, but because we really needed toilet paper. And then while I was there, I was like, well, let me grab some stuff just mm-hmm. in case. Might as well. And there was some guy in the bread aisle, which I got one of the last loaves of bread, which was crazy people people just be buying bread whenever there's a a crisis people be buying bread but one guy in the bread aisle had the nerve to be like i don't understand why we're doing this like 2021 the grid collapsed that was a fluke and i was like dude you better go knock on wood like right now also not really you're also here man yeah so (laughs) i know some somebody in the aisle was like i'm just trying to normal grocery shop and i was like you know that's your fault yeah Pick it up tomorrow, then. Do a curbside order tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you, but it took me a grand total of 42 minutes to get through the checkout line. Jesus Christ, that's terrible. I sent yeah. Ryan on Friday to get, like, the salmon and stuff we're going to cook tomorrow because I was like, I will not. Yeah. I will not be going. Yeah, I went yesterday after the gym, and I should have known what I was getting into. But. Yeah. I do not grocery shop even when it's normal times. Mm. So you wouldn't catch me dead in a grocery store before a freeze. Yeah, it was it was chaotic. But yeah. Um, okay, so we're here to uh, finally do our recap of our favorite reads of 2023. I feel like a lot of these we've mentioned on the pod before. I tried to choose ones that I hadn't mentioned that much, but we have some some overlap, and then we we're we're gonna throw a few non romance ones. Your way, and then we're going to talk about some books that are coming out this year that I'm that we're looking forward to. That I think none of them will be surprising to any of you. <laughs> no, I tried to diversify a little bit in the list, but you know, a lot of our favorite girlies, yep. release around the same time every year. Yep, and obviously we're excited about it, so we're going to talk about them anyway. Yep, exactly. That's exactly right. Okay, so let's let's go through. Because we mutually had the same, like, number one favorite romance book slash number one favorite book of last year. Yeah. Today we went to a book brunch hosted by Friend of the Pod, Tess, which was lovely. It was lovely. But the idea was that you were supposed to bring your favorite book you read last year. And Katie and I had to mutually decide that only one of us could bring our actual favorite book of the year, which ended up being me. Yeah. But- our favorite book of the year last year. Drum roll. I know. I feel like you're building suspense. <laughs> burr, 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 burr. It was Mrs. Nash's Ashes yeah. by Sarah Adler. 
which if you listen to our episode, we adored that book. Mm-hmm. It was a extremely pleasant surprise. We just found it on, I think it was just like a Goodreads list of like books that are coming up. Yeah, you found it. Yeah. I don't know where you found it, but you you like flagged it and I was like, yeah, okay, sure. Like, that sounds interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And it ended up being one of the like funniest books I've read in a long time. Yeah, like laugh out loud funny. Yeah. One of the like a great romance, a great story, just like an overall extremely surprising book with the kind of dual timeline with I will never get over like finding out Millie was a child star <laughs> in the book and that it was not in the blurb. I continue to be impressed by that because I think uh-huh. somebody else would have given it away early on. But we loved that book. And if you haven't read it, please go read it. Yeah, it was so good. And we're going to save most of our 2024 looking forward to's for the for the end. But I'll go ahead and say this one now since we're talking about it. I... Just finished reading an advanced copy of Sarah Adler's next book, Happy Medium, which comes out in April. Uh, April is a good a good month for the book girlies. It really is. But I think, and I I told you this when I finished it, and I finished it like a week ago. Mm-hmm. And I, I I told you that I think I like it better than Mrs. Nash's Ashes, but I didn't know if that was because I had like just finished it. Mm. But a week later, I think I still think I liked it more. Ooh, interesting. It was so. Good. It was somehow even funnier, and it's got like a morally gray female main character because she's like a a scam medium. Yes, that's right. Yeah, she's like she's like a fortune teller type person, or she yeah she's a medium where she like communicates with quote unquote ghosts, but she's a fraud. Yes, and so she's just like scamming people, but her whole thing is that she tries to leave people better than she found them even if she is kind of scamming them because she's like, she tries to do an ethical scam. An ethical scam, Yeah, in that she's like, she's like, you know, this is making people feel better through Mm -hmm. their grief. Mm -hmm. And so there's an interesting kind of push and pull there, but I've never read a romance novel where the female main character was like that. Mm. Where I was like, man, I'm like really not totally on board with this, but I get it. I don't know. It's hard to describe. I'm very excited to read it. I had to message Sarah to be like, NetGalley denied me. Yeah, can I can please I have, have an advanced <laughs> copy? And she very graciously got one to me. Which was lovely, and so I'm very excited to read it, especially after you texted me and said, I think I like this even better than Mrs. Nash's Ashes, which we have appointed ourselves Sarah Adler's number one fans, so... Yes, we're the co-presidents of the fan club. Whenever the next book comes out, I want it in my little hands right away. Yep. Immediately. Yep. Uh, If you want to also hear more about Happy Medium, Sarah talks about it with us on the episode where we got to chat with her, which was very fun, and she's lovely. So go buy her books. I now consider her my close personal friend. Our close personal friend, Sarah Adler. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I'm a little worried. I already feel very protective of this book, Mm. and I'm worried about the people who are going to not like the main character because she's a scammer. Mm. But it's, like, deeper than that, and I I just hope people get that. Yeah. 
Do you believe in real mediums? No, but this has kind of changed the way I think about them. Oh, interesting. Because I am like, well, if they are making people feel better in their grief, then is it a bad thing? I... And that's kind of that's kind of one of the core questions yeah. of the book. But I've now I've started to think about it kind of in the way that I think about like tarot cards or horoscopes or what where I'm yeah. like, if it makes you feel better about your life or like helps you through something or maybe helps you be a better person, then like who am I to who cares? As yeah. long as you're not hurting anybody else in the process, then like whatever. Like yeah. do you? So so that's kind of how I've started to feel about this. It is hard when it's like it involves like a monetary transaction, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if pe- if people who are going to a medium legitimately believe in it and then they leave feeling better, then maybe it's fine. A a existential question presented in Happy Medium by right. Sarah Adler. <laughs> there are a lot of them. And there is may I say my favorite ghost character in any book. Oh, in interesting. This book. Okay. We've read multiple romances with ghosts i'm starting to realize that this is my my bread and butter type of book ghost no like after the after liking the ashley poston books and um what book did i read the other day i read another one recently that was kind of oh the second chance year by melissa weisner i read that er like last week also Mm, mm -hmm. and it's another one that has like a touch of magic it's like a a real a fortune teller that she like thinks is a fraud, but it turns out she was real and sends her back in time to relive her year. Mm-hmm. And I really loved that book. It's not in my list because I read it this year, but I did really like it. I think that's my bread and butter type of book is a romance with like a little sprinkle of magic. Just a touch. Yeah, a little sprinkle of the supernatural. Ooh, interesting. All right, all right. You well, know, like yeah. dead romantics, seven year slip, happy medium. Yeah. And and the second chance year, I think that's like my perfect little formula. Mm, interesting. So if you have recommendations, I want them. Yeah, send send them to Katie. Yeah. What was another one you enjoyed in your extensive reading? That's a great segue because the first one that I was going to mention is a romance with a touch of of, <laughs> of magic. Wow, look at that. I know. I didn't even plan that. But this was one of the books that kind of helped, also helped me realize, like, I think this is kind of my, like, I think I'm primed to like books that are like this. Yeah. Which makes sense because a lot of my favorite, like, rom-com movies are like this. Like, 13 Going on 30 is like this, you know? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Anyway, so the book I'm going to mention is This Spells Love by Kate Robb. It was a book of the month, I'm pretty sure. I didn't read it on book of the month. I had a, an advanced copy of it. But it's similar to similar to the book I just described, The Second Chance Year. But it's this, this woman gets dumped by her boyfriend. She gets super drunk with her, her friend and her crazy aunt. Oh. And her crazy aunt is like, let's do a spell to like cleanse this bad ex from our memory and it on its face is like a silly drunk thing you're doing with your kind of crazy family member that you're like yeah this is like a you know like in friends when they burn the shit in the trash can they're doing like a little kind of symbolic i was gonna say in the bewitched remake yes. with nicole kidman yes also uh, that which is another terrible movie that i 
love because for whatever reason I like watched it as a kid so it's just like sentimental mm-hmm. uh but everyone hates that movie yeah it's yeah it's one of those where it's like is it good no did no. I enjoy it yes yes <laughs> yeah exactly yeah it is like that but so they do this spell and surprise the spell is real and it like catapults the main character into a version of her life where she never dated her ex mm. but in it's actually really similar to the second chance year now that I'm thinking about it like this the night be- the night of this spell the main character it's supposed to be sealed with a kiss and she mm-hmm. like kisses her best friend and then is like do I like my best friend? Whoa. But then when she goes into her like new version of her life, she is not best friends with him. Oh, interesting. They don't know each other. Hmm. And so it's sort of a like grass is always greener yeah. kind of theme. But now that I'm saying that, the second chance year by Melissa Weisner was really similar to this because she relives her entire year in the second chance year. Yeah. She relives the previous year and is like, maybe bad things do happen for a reason and they lead to good things. So both books have similar mm. themes. Mm. All right. I liked it. Mm. What about you? Uh, Well, none of these are going to be surprises because basically we always have kind of the same ones that we usually read for the podcast. But of course, Happy Place by Emily Henry was going to end up on the list. Yeah. Even though it is not my favorite Emily Henry book. Because this was a tough read for me this year, but it was never not going to end up on the list because it's still an Emily Henry book, Mm -hmm. which I love. And so I am excited for her to get back into one that's a little bit more kooky and less sad. Yeah. (laughs) Melancholy. (laughs) Melancholy, which, you know, we like a lot of our romances with a touch of melancholy. Look at Dead Romantics and some other ones that we've read. Yeah, that book is sad as shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, happy Place is sad as shit, but it ends on a happy note. Just, True. It also sent me into a, you know, both of us into a spiral of career anxiety. Also true. Um, But, you know, sometimes you got to think and that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm like reliving it. Sometimes you got to think and that's fine. Yeah, sometimes you got to use your brain. But we really love Emily Henry even when she does send us into a spiral. Yep. So excellent book. I look forward to rereading it once I am not engaged and also in maybe a better headspace. Yeah, that's that's fair. When I read it, I wasn't doing super well. So Yeah, yeah. I don't think I was either. Spring is tough. Yeah, true. Living is tough. Yeah, also life. Every season is kind of tough. Anyway, I have a Christmas romance that was on my top. It's not like super, super Christmassy, but it is Christmassy. That was a nice surprise. I read it mainly because whenever it is time for holiday reads, I request pretty much every Christmas book on NetGalley that looks even... 5% good. Yeah. Just for the vibes. Um, I read One Sweet Holiday by Lucy Day. And it's actually, it appears to be the third in a series. But it's like one of those series where it's like different people in the same town kind of thing. Just in the same world. It was super cute. The female main character runs a cafe. Grumpy guy helps her run it. There's like a fake dating. It, It checks all the boxes. It was just really lovely and wholesome, and it was one of the only Christmas romances that I read this year that didn't just seem kind of like 
too candy, too silly. Mm. The writing was good. The characters were fully fleshed out. It didn't seem like I'm just writing this Christmas romance to give the people what they want. Right. You know, like it, it felt, it was really nice. And now I want to read all the others in the in the series. And I think they're on Kindle Unlimited. Are they all Christmas? Like, is it a full Christmas series? No, I think this is the only one. The first one is called The Almost Lovebirds, which does not sound like a Christmas book. It doesn't say anything about Christmas. Second one is called Almost Definitely Never. And then this is the third one. Mm, all right. But I really liked it. That is a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Yeah, it was really nice. What you got? <laughs> None of these are surprises because we love them all. But yours truly by Abby Jimenez. Again, like she's always going to end up on our end of year list because she's Abby Jimenez and she never misses except the, her first swing. But that's okay. That's okay. It was the first one. It was the first one. Every other one's are excellent. So yours truly was, well, I was going to say it feels different from her other books, but like not quite because it still does deal with a heavy topic along with the romance. Mm -hmm. But I was pleasantly surprised with the way the conflict kind of shook out yeah. with that one. Love Taxidermy Dad very much. Incredible. We love a good dad character. Yes. And we we love a taxidermy animal. Is that when we talked about it? true. That's yeah. the theme. <laughs> no, we talked about taxidermy with Mrs. Nash's ashes. Yeah, because of the bear. Yeah, because of the bear. Not with... We could have had a very extensive conversation about taxidermy I with... Know, theme of 2023. Taxidermy. Light sprinkle of magic. Taxidermy. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> put that in our... We'll put that in our tagline. Yeah. In 2024, we're looking for more books with like just a little bit of magic and, so, and, and not too much taxidermy, actually. Also, just a little bit of taxidermy. Just a little bit of taxidermy. Too much is a problem. <laughs> Which is also funny because I remember I was sitting in First Light reading uh, Mostly Dead Things. Mm -hmm. Is that what it was called? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which is a book all about taxidermy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I... When I finished that book, I was like, did I like that? But you know what? I still think about it. See, I have a couple books like that where it's like, I don't know if I liked it, but I still think about it. Yeah, I certainly like remember reading it, which like <laughs> is a big deal for me. Right. See, there you go. That's that's a uh, that's a glowing review. Yeah, I remembered it. I remembered it. And I read that like when it came out, which was a long time ago. I read the first 50 pages. I am noticing this year I am reading like the first 50 pages of a book and then I'll quit. And I need to – maybe that's one of my New Year's resolutions is to get past the first 50 pages. I did that with Practical Magic. Mm. I read the full first part of it and then quit. Oh, Practical Magic is so lovely. I know, but the husband died. Yeah. And I got really sad. Have you seen the movie? No. Oh. <laughs> Katie, I've never seen a movie. I know. I don't know why I keep asking. Yeah, of course. I didn't even know Practical Magic existed as a movie, I think, until this year. And I was like, Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman together? Oh, my God. It's really such a great movie. I know. You, many have told me since I it's learned one about of it. The th it's one of the rare movies that I'll say is better than the book. Oh. Fascinating. But that also just might be the fact that like I watched the movie growing up versus I just read the book last year. Okay. Well... So, regardless, what else you got? I have a Josie Silver that I think was pretty polarizing from what I remember reading on Goodreads, but I liked it. So, I read One Night on the Island, which actually came out in 2022, but you know what? Some of my net galley, I am behind on. Yes. So, we're, 
This, it's fine. This is not necessarily books released in 2023. That I, but I read them in 2023. Exactly. So I, I love Josie Silver because she writes a romance that is usually melancholy, mm-hmm. but it does not destroy me the way an Abby Jimenez does. Yes. But this Josie Silver book is, there's a, a, a dating columnist who rents like a writing retreat thing at a cabin and it turns out the cabin was double booked with this other man and they decide to cohabitate essentially Mm. because they're like well i'm not leaving and i'm not leaving so what are we gonna do yeah it gave me like the holiday vibes but not during christmas oh yeah there's a cabin it is in i the main character is from london but i think the Island is in Ireland. Mm, mm-hmm. But I, re- I really liked it. I didn't tell you this, but Hannah, when I saw her over Christmas, was like, yeah, we watched this really terrible Christmas movie recently. It had Cameron Diaz in it and Jack Black. And I was <gasps> like, do you mean The Holiday? And she was like, yeah, it was awful. And I was like, <gasps> Hannah. The woman was too stunned to see. I literally am so shocked. I know, because it is a, like... It's an, it's like, it's my favorite Christmas movie. Yeah. That is so shocking. I know, because I have also watched The Holiday, and I think it's a great movie, and it's got Jack Black as the romantic lead. Cast Jack Black as the romantic lead. Shout out Where's to- that super yucky shirt? That is a super yucky oh, shirt. Oh, is it? I thought yes. I just made that up. No! <laughs> they have, I was about to say shout out to super yucky. Our favorite purveyors of movie t-shirts. Yes. I wear my a film by Nora Ephron shirt all the time. Excellently done. All the time. What else you got? We got seven year slip on here. Mm-hmm. These are joint favorites, by the way. This is what I get to cover because I don't read quite as much as Katie does. Yeah. So seven year slip does have the honor of having a chef character I don't hate. That's true. Which is tough to pull off for me. I usually don't. Because uh, I didn't really like What's-His-Face and you again. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh. Yeah. That was his name. Didn't love him. He grew on me somewhat. Did I like him at the end? I, debatable, I yeah. guess. You know, but you again is not necessarily about good people. No. It's about people. Yeah. I would I would put you again, perhaps not on my favorites of 2023, but on on a list of books that I will continue to think about mm, mm-hmm. because of the the topics that were addressed in it. You Again was different than my usual romance reading for mm-hmm. sure. And I think it's like one of those books you have to realize you're not supposed to like the characters very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you want to root for them, but you don't have to like them. The Like I enjoyed reading You Again. The only real problem I had with it, which we discussed in our episode about it, was the ending. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I didn't love that. It kind of took away all the character development. So that was my main critique. But I enjoyed reading it. Yeah. But Seven Year Slip had all of the good melancholy bits with a chef character I did not hate. And also some magical realism that was really interesting. Yeah. Speaking of things I continue to think about is how that fucking apartment worked. Uh, yeah, we couldn't, you can't pull that thread too hard. Yeah, as, which if you listen to that episode, you know. <laughs> don't, don't ask too many questions. Yep. Don't question it. <laughs> don't. Ashley Poston, while we're here, Ashley Poston has a new book coming out this year. 
a novel love story. It comes out in June. It is about a... I'm so excited for this book. Actually, I just want to read the... Have you read the blurb for it? Nope. No, I'm going to... I'm gonna. We're not going to do this for all of these books coming out in 2024, but I want to read this for you because I want your reaction to oh it. Oh, boy. Okay, here we go. Eileen Merriweather loves to get lost in a good happily ever after, the fictional kind anyway, because at least imaginary men don't leave you at the altar. She feels safe in a book, at home, which might be why she's so set on going on her annual book club retreat this year. She needs good friends, cheap wine, and grand romantic gestures no matter what. But when her car unexpectedly breaks down on the way, she finds herself stranded in a quaint town that feels like it's right out of a novel, because Mm. it is. No. (laughs) What? This case can't, this place can't be real, and yet she's here in Eloritan, perhaps, the town of her favorite romance series, where the candy store's honey taffy is always sweet, the local bar's burgers are always a little burnt, and rain always comes in the afternoon. It feels like home. It's perfect and perfectly frozen, trapped in the late author's last unfinished story. (gasps) Elsie is sure that's why she must be here, to help bring the town to its storybook ending except there is a character in Aloritan that she can't place a grumpy bookstore owner with mint green eyes an yes, irritatingly yes, sexy yes. mouth and impeccable taste in novels and he does not want her finishing this book which is a problem because Elsie is beginning to think the town's happily ever after might just be intertwined with her own ah put it in my fucking veins immediately immediately once again I will plead to the net galley gods I want it, and I want it literally right now. How much luck have you had with Ashley Poston on NetGalley? A medium amount. Okay. All right. One one of two? Yeah. Actually, no. I've gotten approved for both. Oh, okay. Yeah. 100%. 100%. 100% so far. This book is not on NetGalley yet. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I wish there was a way to turn on like NetGalley alerts, like Google search alerts. Yeah. <laughs> Whew, okay. I'm like more excited for... I'm like super excited for this one because it I think it might eventually it might end up being my favorite of the three if it if it works. You know what I mean? It feels like all of it's like it's it's very meta already. Right. It's all of the towns we read about. But I was gonna say it feels like the town in three holidays and a wedding, but yeah. but you know it's fake. But you know <laughs> like, it's fake, yeah. And less Hotel California vibes. I will also say Ashley Poston also has a short story coming out as a part of like six short stories that I think are going to be like Amazon exclusives. You know Mm -hmm. how they do those little batches Mm -hmm. that the other five are written by Christina Lauren, Abby Jimenez, Sally Thorne, Jasmine Guillory, and Soraya Wilson. So (gasps) that should be fun. A real who's who. That comes out later this month. Oh, nice. January 23rd. Yeah, Amazon original stories. So... I will probably locate that, but I I had to uh, had to tell you about this book. Yeah, wow, can't wait to read that. Yep, that's in June. All right, which I like that Ashley Poston is on a summer publishing schedule because the other girlies are in April, so we can space it out. I know our April is real packed. Yeah, we gotta really prioritize who goes first. Yeah, yeah. What are we gonna do? I we had the same problem last year. I know. All right, what else you got? I have another cozy cabin. Which is The Sweet Spot by Trish Dollar, which is the book that I brought to our our book exchange this morning because I really liked it. This is the second in a three-book series that I read. I read the second and the third one 
last year. This one was my favorite of the three because it's like a this woman who works in like hospitality in Miami gets fired for something that she didn't do. I think she gets fired because oh, she gets fired because like this guy is sexually harassing her and she tries to call him out on it and then he accuses her of some fucked up stuff that she didn't do. Great. So she gets fired. But then she like takes this random job like working in hospitality at this like brewery slash hotel on Lake Erie and she shows up and the brewery slash hotel does not exist. It is like under construction. Oh. And the owner is a, you know, grumpy hot man. Yes. So she moves her daughter. She has a young daughter and they kind of help build this and they live in his house while they're building out the, the hotel. And it's lovely. It's really, it's really nice. Nice. All right, you've got one more. I do have one more. This is more of an honorable mention for me just because it was super fun. Um, Business or Pleasure by Rachel Lynn Solomon. It's kind of the smuttiest one on here because the whole idea is that uh, it's like one of the, the it's like the sex lessons trope of like, oh, I'll teach you how to be better in bed. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. So that's what it is. It was cute. It was fun. We love a Rachel Lynn Solomon. Another one I read like 80 pages of and then just like got distracted and didn't pick up. So this sounds like a you problem. It not is a, a book problem. No, no, no. I'm, n- <laughs> I'm fully admitting it's a me problem. Yeah. It, it, no, this is no fault of Rachel Lynn Solomon. This is one I need to um pick back up and start again because yeah. I do really like Rachel Lynn Solomon. So yeah. No, th- this is this is fully a me problem. Yeah. Make no mistake. I'm aware. <laughs> I'm aware of my flaws, Katie. <laughs> okay, so we've got a couple of non-romance honorable mentions on here. We've each got three. I've read two of yours mm-hmm. that I, I concur with their in- inclusion on this list. Yeah, so the first one, which we both read, was Yellow Face by R.F. Kuang, which I know is, it had some like controversy around it among people who had read it, which I'm not like fully versed in, but Katie and I read it. I read it and then you read it right after I did. And it was one of those books that is so uncomfortable, but is good to think about. Yeah. And it was one of the, like it was probably the first like real page turner I had of the year where it was like, I cannot put this book down. It almost felt like it was turning into a thriller. It, it did get thrillery. And then kind of goes in another space yeah it was weird i wouldn't even i wouldn't even know what genre to put it in no it, and again this is a non-romance pick don't don't go yeah. into it expecting any oh yeah there's not that yeah it, it is like it's like low level thriller almost like but it's not like murder thriller it's no just, it's like suspense yes it is like yeah. that's a good way to put it yeah. yeah that was also one of the books i think that made me realize like oh i actually really do like like more suspense thriller because mm-hmm. i th- like romance there's no twist there is yeah. usually there's no surprise and i think i miss like being surprised by books mm-hmm. and so like whale fall which i just finished i'll I'll throw that in too is i i started it in 2023 right i finished it in 2024 but we're gonna we're gonna put it in there still counts yeah it still counts like whale fall was another one that made me realize like oh i really like this genre and like mm-hmm. whale fall ended up being like kind of gruesome in some ways but mm-hmm. it, it was a book where i was like I don't know what's going to happen at the end. Like, does he get out of the whale? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. And so it, w- it was really good. And like, also, again, one of those books I think I'll think about. It was also like experimental in a lot of ways, which I do like an experimental book in terms of its like writing style. And I, I think I'm really interested when you read it, like what you think about it. But 
Yeah, I, I got off the library wait list for it. I haven't started it yet. I have like two weeks left or whatever. So. You, you're, it's going to go quick for you. Yeah. It's a quick book. But it was Maybe really that'll good. be my Monday day off mm. ice storm read. Maybe That's I'll just a, charge through it. Yeah, yeah. You'll finish it quickly. It was like one where I like kind of struggled through the first third. Mm. Not because I wasn't enjoying it. It's just like I hadn't gotten to the, like the suspenseful part. So mm-hmm. it was like, oh, I'll put it down, pick it back up, put it down. And... Once I did get to the part where it was really suspenseful, suspenseful, I read like sixty percent of it in like one night, like under my covers on my Kindle. Nice. And yeah, it was it was really really good. Yeah, I do I do hope to read all day on Monday, but I also do want to play The Last, Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, which I started playing, I don't know, like six months ago, I guess, mm. like last summer, and put it down because I got fucking scared. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And now I literally I gave myself a pep talk on the drive home from the coffee house <laughs> yesterday because I was like, it is just a video game, Katie. It's not real. It is just a video game. <laughs> and I made Ryan sit with me on the couch. So and Monday and on Monday Ryan will be out of town. So mm-hmm. depends on how how, how I'm feeling. Yeah. Because I don't like playing it when Ryan's not in the house, even it if a, it's broad daylight. Look, it's a scary game. Even the first one scares me, and I knew what was coming. And so. I play it with headphones on. And can I tell you that the way a clicker sounds in headphones literally is, like, making my skin crawl right now. Mm-hmm. Because in the headphones, it has the, like, surround sound effect yeah. where it's, like, it sounds like it's fucking <gasps> right behind you. No. It is terrifying (gasps) it is terrifying and i played this part of the game on friday that has for those of us who are unfamiliar with the last of us universe there's like there are all these different types of zombies based on what are infected excuse me based on what kind of like phase of infection they're in and there's this one type that are called stalkers which in the game you cannot hear them coming up behind you and there's this thing you can do in the game where you can you can go into quote-unquote listening mode and you can see where all the infected are or like if you're shooting like humans you can see where they are or whatever but you can't do that with them so they legit sneak up on you with absolutely no warning. Yeah. And I was in this abandoned like office and I was, I feel like this is going to be burned into my brain for the rest of my life because it was so scary because I just was not expecting it. And I was like in this office and I was like looking around the room, you know, looting, looking for my little, (laughs) my little items. And I turned back toward the door frame and it's pitch black in there. And I turned back toward the door frame and I just see it like skittering on all <gasps> fours across the floor. Ooh. It had been in the doorway like watching me and I just saw it like running away. And I immediately paused the game, threw off my headphones, turned off the PlayStation. <laughs> and I did that on Thursday. And that's why I gave myself the pep talk on Friday because I was like, it's just a game. It's just a game. Yep. And I made Ryan sit with me because I was like, I might you might need to play this part for me if I can't do it. <laughs> if I get to it. And he was like, dude, set a bomb so that put it in the doorway so that it'll explode and you'll hear that it's dead. And I'm like, oh. Smart. And I did that and it was not scary at all and it killed the zombie and it was fine. Well, But I made him sit next to me because I was really scared. <laughs> I mean, I would too. The show scared me too and I knew what was going to happen. Yeah. So. And I consume a lot of zombie media. It's but. it's a lot. Like I was playing it last night when Ryan had his friend Andrew over and like there were parts of it that I was like yelping. Like they were yep. sitting at the kitchen table playing a board game and I was sitting there on the couch like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> they were like, this is nice. Yeah, yeah we love this. Um, anyway, let's, let's talk about, let's go back to books. <laughs> books. 
Do you want to finish talking about your non-romance or do you yeah. want to alternate? No, I'll finish talking okay. about mine. The other one I really, which was very outside of my kind of like comfort zone, was Wayward, which I got I as loved a book. it. Yeah, I got it as a book of the month. I don't remember what month it is and what month I got it. And now I really hope it was a 2023 book, but I'm pretty sure it was. I'm pretty sure. I think it was like mid-year sometime. Yeah. And it was one that I remember talking about it on the podcast because it was one that took me a long time to read. And like, there's no real reason it took me a long time to read. But it was really, it was like three timelines, Mm -hmm. three perspectives, definitely like magical realism. Mm -hmm. Cozy. Cozy, but also not very cozy. Right. At points. Uh, Really good. It had like a cozy kind of setting. Yeah. At points, it was very cozy and also great ending. Yeah. So, great book. Yeah, it was a really good book. I read it. I think I read it around Halloween-ish. That, yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Because I do, I think I read it in the summer. I I think you did too. I remember reading it at the dog park for sure. Mm. Um, But again, it did take me a while to read for, same kind of thing where it was like the first third I was struggling. See, this is a me problem. I know. I don't know what it is, but- I did finish it and I really enjoyed it. Maybe you need to give yourself like a, I'm going to sit down and read 50 pages tonight or something. Like maybe you yeah. need to, you know, like kind of put, I know. be like, I'm going to read from this page to this page before I put the book down and tomorrow I'm going to do another 50 pages mm-hmm. or whatever. Maybe so. And then my last one is Mouse by Art Spiegelman, which I knew a lot about, but I had never read fully. I took a class on comics at, in college and I loved that class. One, because I wanted to be a cartoonist as a kid. It was like my dream for a long time. That's cute. Do you not know that? I don't think so. I had a whole book of comics I drew. Hmm. And that was my that was my dream for like a long time. And Mouse is so influential in terms of comics. So like when I took that class in college, it talked a lot about Mouse, which is a a it's like it's a nonfiction graphic novel about Art Spiegelman's dad, who's a Holocaust survivor, and his experience. And it's told in a metaphor of the Jews are mice, the Nazis are cats, and there are some other animals. But holy shit, it's real depressing, obviously, because it's the Holocaust. But it is extremely well done, and I think it's very worth reading one, if you're interested in graphic novels at all, this one was so... It came out in the 90s. It was, like, the first graphic novel to win, like, a Pulitzer or something mm-hmm. like that. It, some big award like that. It was, like, the first graphic novel. And it became really influential in that medium of, like, oh, we can do, like, more nonfiction stories, more serious stories mm-hmm. in graphic novel form. And I've talked about Marbles a lot, mm-hmm. which is a book I really like, which is also a graphic novel about a woman who is diagnosed with bipolar disorder and her journey with that. So yeah, Mouse is in two parts. And I mean, it's rough, but highly recommend it. And I got my copy when I was in France earlier this year. And yeah, it is really good. It's one of those books you think about for a long time. Yeah, I need to, you have the, yeah, I I need to borrow it from you. You'll read it in a day. That's all of yours, right? Yeah. Yep. My non-romance, I do, I did not put this on the list, but I do feel like it's important to re-acknowledge that I read all of the Sarah J. Moss universe last year, which took up most of my brain space yep. and continues to. So I read all of that, which I think is like 16 books or something crazy, and they're all like 800 pages. Jeez. 
but three feet tall. Yeah, yeah, like the, uh, that whole <laughs> bookshelf yeah. over there. But yeah, obviously those are great. I don't need to tell you all that those are great. You know. Yep. But I did read this book that I've had on my list for a long time and I don't know why I never picked it up and why I hadn't heard anything else about it because I was like holy shit this book is good it's called Girl One it's by Sarah Flannery Murphy it's yeah it's sci-fi I would call it sci-fi and it's about these women who were all conceived without a dad Mm. like it's just the it's like Immaculate conception, basically, mm-hmm. but via science. Mm. And so there are all these original girls, girl one, girl two, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that are all now grown women. And they're all kind of like, I guess they're like kind of unraveling all the things that happened to them throughout the course of their lives because they all lived on this like homestead together with this like scientist mm. who was a man who was like kind of a stand-in father figure for them and oh interesting it's 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 really interesting um and it is it's pretty suspenseful Mm -hmm. and it was definitely a page turner where i was like i don't know what is gonna happen i i really liked it and it was one of those books that when i finished it i was like why were more people not talking about this book yeah because it was very good so yeah i really liked that one I also want to mention my cemetery book that I really enjoyed that I think I talked about on the podcast. I don't remember. But it's called Over My Dead Body and it's by Greg Melville. And basically the author kind of – it's about cemeteries and each chapter is sort of like essay style set on a different cemetery somewhere in the U.S. And it's basically – it kind of tells the story of American history through the lens of cemeteries because like I didn't realize how important cemeteries were I guess yeah I guess you don't really think about it yeah it's just kind of a fact of life yeah and so there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting stuff wrapped up in in cemetery history with like racism and how poor people were buried and how cemeteries are kind of the main reason we have public parks because there was this cemetery that was built in Cambridge that I've been to and is actually my second favorite cemetery (laughs) maybe my first I don't know it's a good one that is so beautiful that Mm -hmm. whenever they made it afterward they were like you know it'd be really nice to have these like public open spaces for people to hang out in yeah Great idea. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's super good. And it was a quick it was a quick read. So, I really like that one. And then um I read Emily St. John Mandel's Sea of Tranquility, which every book she's ever written is one of my favorite books. Ugh, this one is on my list and it's like I feel like I have to be in a certain headspace to read it. But Yeah, her books are tough yeah to read but i really really love them she's one of my favorite my favorite living writers she's mm-hmm. like one of those authors that not only will i instantly read her books but i will instantly like purchase them to own yeah every time yeah and station 11 is still one of my like very 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 favorite books even though i read it during the pandemic but it was very healing to read it during the pandemic mm-hmm. so i tell people i read that during the pandemic right after i read the road during the pandemic and they're like what the fuck is wrong with you like look I don't know, but it worked for me. So leave me alone. Yep. Yeah, I adore her. And Sea of Tranquility was great. 
the Glass Hotel by her is my favorite of hers, but, you know, there's not a single bad Emily St. John Mandel book. Yeah. Okay, so we talked a little bit about two books that are coming out next year that we're excited for. We talked about Happy Medium and we talked about the new Ashley Poston. Mm-hmm. But as Abigail said, all our favorite girlies are putting out books. We got Funny Story by Emily Henry, which she has said when she started writing Happy Place, she wanted to write kind of like a kooky or version, like a like a slapstick comedy mm-hmm. as a romance. And she realized writing Happy Place, like Happy Place was not slapsticky enough. So Funny Story is supposed to be slapsticky. Yeah. And so I'm I'm really excited to get back into like funny Emily Henry. Not that Happy Place wasn't funny at points, but- like, I think People We Meet on Vacation is very funny. Mm-hmm. Beach Read is also very funny at points, but also, like, I think People We Meet on Vacation is the one that is the most funny on its right. face. Right, like actual laugh out loud funny, where yeah. I feel like Beach Read and book lovers are funny in that the characters are funny. Mm, yeah. yeah. Like, they're witty. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All of her characters are witty. Yeah. But I mean, I'm... I mean, obviously, we're very excited for Funny Story. Yeah, of course. And we're going to talk about it. Of course. Everyone loves the Emily Henry episodes that we do. I know. They're our most popular episodes. So if that's what the people want, we will keep doing them. We have discussed rereading Beach Read for an episode, which we'll probably do this year because I would like to talk about it. Yeah, let's do that. We talk about it so much that we should do an episode about it. I did reread it last year. Well, I listened to the audiobook, which Mm -hmm. I had never uh, done before. And it's great. It's Julie Whalen. Obviously, it's great. Uh, We love her. Yeah. We love her. Yeah, funny story is the, it's the, she gets, like, left at the altar, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter, I'm gonna read it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. yeah, and that comes out in April. Yes, it comes out April 23rd, and yes, her fiancé leaves her. Yeah. And. Oh, that's right, that's And she's right. stranded in Michigan. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Also in April is the new Abby Jimenez, which. Kind of sounds like it might have a touch of magic, but not like magic magic Mm -hmm. because the guy is basically like good luck Chuck. Do you remember that movie? Yes, (laughs) yes. A movie I haven't seen. But you you know the concept. I have seen good luck Chuck and I saw it like a couple years ago. Oh, that's weird. I know, isn't it? Yeah, I saw it when it came out (laughs) the normal way. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was a child when it came out probably. I think I was in high school. So I was a child. Yeah. But the idea is that this guy, every girl that he dates, then meets their soulmate right after they break up. So it's not like magic magic, but it has kind of this like beyond reality kind of feeling. Right. So yeah, they have like a summer fling and... Reddit plays a part in this I know, which is interesting. (laughs) Yeah, same thing. I'm always going to read an Abby Jimenez every single time. Oh, I was going to say, I couldn't remember if this was in-universe of the rest of them, or it's set in Minnesota, but I don't think this is a character we've met before, Emma. She's a traveling nurse, so I assume we will interact with the other characters yes, again. I assume it's in the same universe. But I don't think we've met her before. Yeah, and I will say that on Storygraph, so far, it has a 4.84 rating. Man, she just gets better and better. Never misses. First swing. Except the one time. That's okay. Yeah. First swing. That's all right. Practice swing. Yeah. Yeah. So I am super excited. And I got approved for 
the advanced copy like a few days ago or last week or something. So I'm just waiting for the opportune moment. Maybe that's what I'll read when it's freezing. A summer book. Great idea. (laughs) I don't know if that'll make me feel better or worse, though. Uh, I don't know. I could try it. You could try. See how it goes. What else we've got? We already talked about Happy Medium. We've got Here We Go Again by Alison Cochran. All the girlies. Who wrote one of my favorite Christmas books, Kiss Her Once For Me, which Mm we did last year for the podcast? Or did I just read it? You just read it. We didn't do it for the podcast. That's right. We just read it. Yeah. It was a book of the month last year in December also. In 2022. In 2022. Yeah. Sorry. We're in 2024 now. We are. But I loved Kiss Her Once for Me. It was very funny and also like also sad and melancholy, but you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I liked Alison Cochran's first book, The Charm Offensive, mm-hmm. a lot as well. So I'm excited for this one. This is a road trip one. Nice. It actually reminds me a lot of that Bridget J. Morrissey book that mm-hmm. I really like. A where- Thousand Miles? Yes. I almost brought that for our book exchange thing uh, today because I really loved that book. I did too. And I ended up, I ended up purchasing the summer camp one and then not reading it this year. So now I got to wait till next summer. Mm. Uh, but yeah, this is a one about two friends who were best friends all through childhood. And then an incident the summer before high school turned them into bitter rivals. After graduation, they went 10 years without speaking. Like, Love damn. It. All right. Uh, also, it does na- feel really similar to. Yeah. And the Bridget J. Morrissey. Yeah, they still live in their small town and they have to go on a road stuffed into the gayest van west of the Mississippi. That's funny. They go yeah, they go on a road trip with their beloved former English teacher. So Oh, cute. Here we go. In a very gay van, it says. All right. We're in. So, I'm in. Oh, you can pre order a personalized signed copy. Ooh. Off of Allison Cochran's website. Ooh. So we're also getting what appears to be the beginning of a new Olivia Dade series. Real ones know how I feel about the spoiler alert series, which is they are among my it's among my favorite series of of romance novels. I was talking about before we started recording that the NetGalley powers that be in charge of of Olivia Dade's camp never approve me for her books. So I don't I don't have hope that I'm going to get to read this one in advance. But it comes out next month, so I don't have to wait that long. It's called At First Spite. And basically, this woman moves into a house in between her ex and his brother. Mm -hmm. And she apparently falls for the brother. Yes. So... I love Olivia Dade's books. I love them. They're yeah. like the perfect like cutesy but also like sexy combo for me. Does he look like Mr. Big? He does. Oh, yeah. He kind of does. On the cover. She's cute. She's very cute. All right. One more that we're excited for. Yeah. This one is from Yulin Kwong and it's called How to End a Love Story. And it's the person who adapted People We Meet on Vacation and who is directing Beach Read, the movie. Yeah, so it's her debut novel, which is very exciting. I'm going to go ahead and read the blurb for this one. I Okay, I must say, before you do that, it has been blurbed by Carly Fortune, Tessa Bailey, Lana Harper, Kate Claiborne, Alyssa Sussman, and Colleen Oakley. So, excellent. Well-received by authors that I like. Yes. Yeah, so, okay, so since this is her debut novel, I'll just read the blurb for this yeah. one. 
Helen Jong hasn't seen Grant Shepard once in the 13 years since the tragic accident that bound their lives together forever. Now a best-selling author, Helen pours everything into her career. She's even scored a coveted spot in the writer's room of the TV adaptation of her popular young adult novels. And if she can hide her imposter syndrome and overcome her writer's block, surely the rest of her life will fall into place too. L.A. is the fresh start she needs. After all, no one knows her there. Except... Grant has done everything in his power to move on from the past, including building a life across the country. And while the panic attacks have never quite gone away, he's well-liked around town as a screenwriter. He knows he shouldn't have taken the job on Helen's show, but it will open doors to developing his own projects that he just can't pass up. Grant's exactly as Helen remembers him, charming, funny, popular, and lovable in ways that she's never been. And Helen's exactly as Grant remembers too, brilliant, beautiful, closed off. But working together is messy and electrifying, and Helen's parents, who have never forgiven Grant, have no idea he's in the picture at all. When secrets come to light, they must reckon with the fact that theirs was never meant to be any kind of love story. And yet, the key to making peace with their past and themselves might just lie in holding on to each other in the present. I love a second chance. Dang, the first review, which, you know, is on Goodreads and whatnot, but like somebody saying, this is my favorite romance book ever, ever. So, Emily Henry gave it five stars. Oh, of course she did. Emily Henry is generous with the five stars on Goodreads, I will say. She is very generous. But it's possible because she's an author and she knows how hard it is to write a book. Yes, yes. We we never don't appreciate the work it takes to put words on a page. Yeah. Yeah, this sounds really good. I just requested it on NetGalley as you were reading the blurb. So, again, prayers to the NetGalley gods that be... Although this is published by Avon, which normally does approve my mm, stuff. Interesting. Well, we had such great luck with Mrs. Nash's Ashes from a debut author that, I don't know. Yep. Maybe this will be our Mrs. Nash's Ashes for the year. Yep. From a debut author. Uh, there's also a new Car- uh, Carly Fortune book this year. There's like a new Amy Lee. All the girlies are publishing this year, which I'm just thrilled about. Obviously, there's going to be like five new Tessa Baileys that we don't know about immediately, but there will be. Yeah, there's already like one that we know of or two that we know of. There's a new Kate Claiborne. There's a new Sarah Adams. There's a new Sarah Hogle. There's a new Jen McKinley. There's a new Christina Lauren. There's a new Annabelle Monaghan. Uh, Chloe Lisa. A new Christina Forrest, Rebecca Searle, all kinds. Gwenda Bond, ah, my girl, Tia Williams, Allie Hazelwood, if that's your thing. Yeah. Going to be a good year. Good year for books. Good year for books. Every year's a good year for books. Every year's a good year for books. Yeah. What are you reading right now? Well, you made me reread Looking for Alaska, so I'm nice. reading it right now. Sorry. Which, that's okay. Um <laughs> I mean, yes. Sorry, sorry for what you're going through. Sorry, but yeah, I, I haven't gotten to the halfway point yet. So yeah, but man, I forgot how like vividly written it is. It's which, it's so good. And I'm mad that it's his first book too. I know, and that it is so like vivid. And no, I still love it just as much as I did the first time I read it. So. He was younger than us when he wrote that book. Man, fucking, he was like 24. All right, cool. Yeah. That's fine. Um, I want to feel bad. Yep. Yeah, I'm <laughs> going to feel bad now. But that's okay. Yep. Thanks. Thank you, John Green, for this book. Yeah. Because it's a great book. We love this book. Um, and then I also just got off the wait list. I haven't started it yet, but it was a TikTok recommendation from a girl talking about all of the books that she read in one day. Mm. So I was like, 
page turners. Okay, maybe I just need to like kickstart the year with like some real page turners of like books I'm surprised by. And this one is called The Dinner by, hold on up, Libby. Oh, it's ready to borrow. This is The Dinner by Herman Koch. And it's a, it's a suspense novel. And I believe the whole book only takes place over one dinner. And it's between two sets of parents where each of them have a 15-year-old son and they're talking about their kids in this like one horrific act that took place and like sounds like it's possibly them like making a plan of like what they're gonna do about it and stuff like that so I'm excited to read it because it sounds up my alley Mm -hmm. in terms of suspense but also like weird family dynamics so I'm excited to pick that up I added myself to the library waitlist when you mentioned it earlier. Yeah. It sounds good. I know. When I heard about it, too, I was like, I bet I'll like this book. I bet Katie would like this book. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. excited to read that one. But right now I am in Looking for Alaska, which won't take me long to finish again. Yeah. But. I read it when I, I read it on New Year's Day just yeah. in one sitting, basically. Yeah. It took me like three hours or something. Yep. I'm juggling a few, as I do, all of which... I'm enjoying immensely. I finally got off the library waitlist for the Britney Spears book. So I'm reading that, which is making me real sad. I'm sure it is. Yeah. So so there's that. But I am enjoying it, obviously. Hannah got it for Christmas. I'm looking forward to her thoughts about it. I just, I feel really bad for her. I feel really bad for her. But yeah, it's sad. It's sad as fuck. Yeah. But on happier on a happier note, I'm reading How to Fake It in Hollywood, which is a book that you really liked, I think, two years ago. Yeah, I read it in 2022. Yeah. And I did really like that book. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really enjoying that. I'm working my way kind of through a backlog of stuff that I didn't – it was like ad, old advanced copies on NetGalley that mm-hmm. I either forgot about or just like didn't prioritize for whatever reason. So that's one of those. And then – Speaking of NetGalley, I saw that the the last book in the Bergman Brothers series by Chloe Lisa is coming out this year. I think really soon. Oh, it's in April also. And I, I requested it on NetGalley, and then I realized that there were two other books in that series that I hadn't read. And I really like this series because there are a lot of characters that are, like, differently abled. Mm. And it's, like... A, really good representation, but I'm also, like, kind of learning about different people with Mm. different disabilities, which is – it feels educational, but it's also, like, romance candy at the same time. Yeah. And the book that I'm on right now is the fifth Bergman Brothers book, which is called Everything for You. And it is a a queer romance between two men who are soccer players for the LA Galaxy. Oh, yes. In their world, the LA Galaxy are great. (laughs) <laughs> Which is not the world that we live in. Not right but now. But good for them. Yeah. It was just very funny when they were talking about winning the MLS Cup. And I was like, okay. Oh, <laughs> all right. Sure, if you think so. But one of the characters, the the Bergman brother character, is this like kind of sunshiny, happy-go-lucky guy. Like in his like 20s, I think. And the the love interest is this Roy Kent like character. And I was reading this book and I was like, this had to have come out after Ted Lasso existed. And it, it did. It came out in 2022. Okay. There you go. Um, So I was like, if this was written before Ted Lasso, this is amazing Yeah, (laughs) because this man is basically like uh, American Roy Kent. 
like down to the storyline almost. But you know, I'm attracted to Roy Kent, so yep, in a weird fucking way, <laughs> which I think is kind of the point of his character. Yeah, but the the book is really really good, and I just forgot how much I like her writing and how much I like these books. And this is one of the books that is like the exact split of romance and spicy that I like. Mm, like mm-hmm. the spicy scenes, it's not like too over the top yeah but there's enough of them sprinkled throughout and they're really good Mm, so it's like a good it's like my ideal kind of mix of of romance and a little something something all right all right so and i'm listening to the audio to the audiobook which i don't normally listen to fiction audiobooks Mm -hmm. but they didn't have the ebook on at the library so i was like all right i guess i'm listening to it all right so it's nice. very good. It's a really good series if if y'all haven't read it. There are apparently now seven books in it, though, so go with God. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun. Yeah. Lots of books. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, our next book that we're reading is one of the books we talked about for holiday romances that we were looking forward to, but it is not a holiday romance. It is just a winter. We have been reassured that it is not too holiday. Yeah. It ju- There is an aspect of it that is holiday, but it is mostly just winter. Yep. So we are reading, I talked about Josie Silver earlier, which was not even on purpose, but we're reading A Winter in New York by Josie Silver. And as we've said, Josie Silver is an author that we really like. And so I think we're going to like this. Our friend Tess, who hosted the book brunch today, said that she really liked it. And I see that she gave it 4.5 stars on Storygraph, which we learned today that she is stingy with her stars. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, she said it was a five-star read for her, so I wonder if she, uh, I don't know, maybe she's... She's rounding up, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know, but she really enjoyed it. She said it made her sob, so looking forward to that. Yeah, so go ahead and pick that one up. Hopefully you did for Book of the Month. Maybe you even already read it before we did. Oh, yeah, true. I forgot it was on Book of the Month. I didn't get it for my Book of the Month because I have it on NetGalley, so mm-hmm. I'm going to read it there, but I'm excited to read it. I am, too. Can't um, wait to cry. Some gelato drama. Yep. And if y'all have books that you want us to read this year, maybe some releases that you're excited about, let us know. Yes, please let us know. Yeah. Otherwise, we're just going to do what we want to do (laughs) (laughs) and read Emily Henry and Abby Jimenez and Sarah Adler. (laughs) That's what you can count on us for. Yep. That's what we're here for. Yep. All right. Bye, y'all.